This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Clipping Carlson. I'm your host, Junior Paquette, and as always, I'm here to bring you the best from the last week across the Keeping Carlson network. It's fantasy playoffs time, baby! And this week, of course, this has been a big focus across all the shows. So in that context, you'll be surprised to know that Elon and Brian decided to record a live draft this week for their Sunday show. Don't worry, though, it actually makes a lot of sense. They will only count points for the rest of the season. So the guys ended up mostly talking about players with great schedule the rest of the way. To spice things up a bit, they invited Jeremy, who is the cacuffle fast track winner this year. Uh, basically a manager who collected the most points across all cacuffle division this year. They also needed to pick a player from all levels of percentage owned from Yahoo. Uh, so basically a guy, they had to take a guy from the 0 to 5% owned, uh, 6 to 10 all the way across to 96 to 100% home. So, who was the first player picked? Okay, well, for my first pick, I'm going into the 46 to 50% rostered range, okay. and I'm selecting Jason Robertson. Oh, yes. Dallas yeah. has a fantastic schedule. Not only do they play eight games, they get Detroit in four of them, and Robertson is criminally under-owned. He should be owned in just about every league with how good he's been the past couple months. Yeah, for sure. So I am disappointed because I had that 46 to 50 roster band also pretty high for the exact same reason that you did, that Jason Robertson really stands alone in that group of people who are 46 to 50 percent rostered. Now that he's in Boston, you knew that someone had to take a flyer on Taylor Hall and that person was Jeremy. I like the change of scenery in Boston. He's actually playing with good players now. Uh, not that Jack Eichel isn't a great player, but uh, Eichel's been hurt for a while. And he also gets to play against Buffalo, I believe, four of his remaining seven games. And so I really am hoping to pick on some of these weaker teams. Yeah, so three points in four Boston games for Taylor Hall so far. 11 shots in them. And I'm just checking out his ice time, too. And I see... Uh, it's low, actually. It's like middle six minutes. Uh, but I, he did ascend to the top power play unit in on Friday night. I didn't check. Elon, maybe you did. Yeah, what I've got it they... open here. Okay. They've been trying different things, but it looks like for the majority of today's game where Boston uh, beat up on the Capitals, it was a power play with Taylor Hall not present. Bergeron, Marshawn, Richie, Pasternak, and Mike Riley. Uh, but yeah, Hall is like 
not in the most amazing spot, but you can't argue with him actually scoring goals again like he used to. So it might be the kind of thing where he does maybe a little less pressure of being on the top line. The top power play is actually good for him. And maybe he gets to like focus on like one thing that maybe is underrated, right? Is he's playing against easier competition now, right? Like the other teams are needing to load up against the perfection line. And that leaves Taylor Hall to maybe play against slightly less good defensemen. So I don't know. For whatever reason, he's now got points in three straight. So I can't argue with a Taylor Hall pick for the Bruins, especially with all those games against Buffalo and Dustin Tokarski, who actually hasn't been like so terrible, to be fair. But uh, you would have to think that Boston's going to be able to score some goals against Tokarski. Funny thing that Elon mentioned Tokarski because he's now a volume starter for the time being. Uh, and you're in the fantasy playoffs. So the guys from Short Shifts talked about him and whether you should put your faith in him in this important time of the fantasy season. Speaking of volume, Lewis, I actually have to bring this up, and it's not in our show notes, but last night I asked you about uh, if I should try and get in on the Dustin Tokarski experiment in uh, Buffalo, and uh, you kind of convinced me to step back because he he was going up against Boston tonight. He's got Boston two more times this week, although one of them is a back-to-back, and it does look like Uko Pekko... Uko Pekka Lukanen will get one half of that back-to-back potentially, which would be exciting. Um, but Dustin Tokarski tonight, 39 saves on 41 shots against. He now has, you know, put together a little bit of a run here on a t- on a Buffalo team that we had all sort of left for dead. I just, I gotta know, Dustin Tokarski, are you starting to believe? I, I, it's so bizarre to me. Honest to God, he was out of the league for years And it's a great story to have him come in and play as well as he has to to be able to lead this uh, ragtag group of leftovers uh, to some degree of success here. Five I'm impressed. Quality starts. I just I have to interject. Five straight quality starts against playoff level opponents. So here's what I'll say, because I still feel like the Sabres are a fraud, like they are performing above what they really are, are capable of i just feel like they they can't actually be as good as they've been but if you are in a league where you have saves as a category or if you get nice points for saves and that kind of volume is useful for you look he's gonna get starts i i think he can be useful if if saves are valuable to you and you are willing to take a risk with your rates because sooner or later he's gonna have a bad game he can't he can't you know uh, these five quality starts i feel like a guy who was out of the league that long it's it's shocking that he's done as well as he has, and I feel like he is riding a a wave that is not going to continue forever. Yeah, I mean, no goalie is going to be good forever. There's uh, there's many songs written about that, but you're trying to ride the wave because we're in a short, condensed season here. There's eight days left or whatever, ten days left. Why not Dustin Tokarski? Going back to this week's draft and staying with goalies, there was a nice discussion after Elon picked Jake Edinger from the Dallas Stars, uh, talking about the a certain pattern emerging for the timeshare between him and uh, Anton Hudobin. I know that it's very possible that Bonus will just decide to ride Hudobin, but like Edinger's played the last couple of games. He's got wins in those games. Dallas plays eight times over the next couple of weeks like we've discussed uh so he should at least get in on a couple back-to-backs and it seems like he's been potentially getting starts like yeah but I, yeah you remember you remember, remember what we talked about right 
You don't remember? I mean, we've we had lots of conversations. <laughs> we talked about how Dallas seemed to be going three or four starts back and forth between Hudobin and Edinger. And we legit said, I can't remember if this is the patron cast or the, the last Sunday show, but I think we it was said, the patron cast. Oh, okay. So um, yeah. So on the patron cast, we floated this theory that looking at the way Dallas is starting, they're not going traditional 50-50, which is one game off, one game on uh, between each goalie or even two games off and on. They've been actually been going three or four games off and on. We were saying if Edinger was going to get three or four starts in a row, this round, like if he got to the third start, then it was confirmed that this is Dallas's strategy to give each of their goalies time to get rolling, like get a good string of games in, then take a seat, let the other one play out. So Elon, I would be surprised personally if Edinger seems more than half of Dallas's remaining games. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, the thing is, Brian, like you're saying we said this. I remember like you said this on the show. I'm like, I'm looking at the game log and I'm seeing just like a, a random blob of like, sometimes they're taking turns two at a time. Sometimes there's like five in a row for Edinger. Sometimes there's five well, in a yeah, row for Hudobin. You're looking far farther back. Yeah. I'm just saying the, the recent pattern that has emerged. I use, by the way, I always credit hockeygoalies.org at the end of each show. This is what I use it for. They have this great visual showing uh, like dates and goalie starts. And this is uh, this is how I see the pattern. So That's Elon, fair. Can... Okay, so since we've been talking about this draft so much, I'll just give you the standing so far as of Saturday morning. Uh, Jeremy's in the lead with 235 points. Elon's follows with 230. And Brian, uh, not so far behind at two, 221. Let's go back to fantasy playoffs talk. Uh, you know, at this point of the season, you don't really have the luxury of waiting for a player to get out of a rut. So, do you go with the guy who has the best deployment? Or do you go with the one who's on fire and ride the wave until he comes back down to earth? We got a great example of this debate with the Florida Panthers this week, as discussed by Ben and Lewis from Short Chess. Uh, let's talk about the forwards next, though, because there were two marquee ads. I guess marquee in the NHL is very different from marquee ads in the NBA, for example, where uh, you might see a superstar get traded. But in the NHL, Sam Bennett and Nikita Gusev are, you know, 80% of what we ever get. Uh, but, you know, looking at the looking at the paper, you would think... All right, Nikita Gusev, line one, power play one, let's go. Just two points in four games so far. That game is still continuing, so that may be out of date. But from line two, power play two, Sam Bennett has been unbelievable. Five points in three games since joining the Panthers, playing with Duclair and Huberto. Duclair also on a hot streak with six points in that stretch. Huberto also cleaning up, but I mean, when is Jonathan Huberto not cleaning up? Uh, so that one is, you know, just that's a, as it goes, steady as it goes for Hubie. Uh, what do you make of this this deal in, in Florida? Would you take Bennett above Gusev, even though he's not even on the top power play unit? So a few things to mention here. First off, I think you asked sort of why is this happening a little bit? Uh, <laughs> I think that this is, you know, a chance for Duclair and for Bennett really to play with the best player they've ever had the opportunity to get. Uh, on a line with uh, and obviously there's this instant chemistry at least for the time being I mean Florida is playing great the, the really one of the big surprises of the season I think after the offseason that they had uh, where people thought they they gave away a fair amount of talent and here they are at the top of their division just crushing it uh, I you know I, I guess I am of a mind where I usually would say it's the guy with the deployment right take the line one power play one guy that's who you want to have 
But we've talked about, you know, how the season shrinks, you know, as you look towards the end of it here. And I think you want to stick with the hot hand. Bennett has obviously found something that really works between himself and Duclair and Huberto. And I think for the next couple weeks here, as the fantasy playoffs wrap up, I would guess that Bennett is going to score more. Stick with the guy who's really performing. He seems to be enjoying his time uh, since his trade. Gusev, you know, is a guy who has been a bit of an enigma. You know, obviously very talented, but he hasn't been able to put it all together. And you know, he's been the kind of guy who has lost the faith of his coaches. And if he's not able to produce in that line one power play one spot, how long is he really going to hold it for? The one big advantage that he has is that we just saw um, Hornquist went out uh, and that maybe uh, delays, you know, a potential for some things to get moved around and maybe to lose a, a potential spot uh, in the lineup in terms of deployment. But give me Bennett right now over uh, give me Bennett or Duclair right now over Gusev. Huh? I think Duclair is a step too far for me, but I do agree that Bennett in, you know, a bangers league where you're getting points for hits and shots, then yeah, I think that Gusev is kind of that empty calorie guy. You're going to get a, a an assist. I mean, what we think he can be is an empty calorie assist player. Whereas with Sam Bennett, you're going to get the back end stuff. He's kind of like a Hornquist actually. And playing above him, uh, as you mentioned right now, even before Hornquist went out, he was bumped down to line three and Sam Bennett took the spot on line two with uh, Duclair and, um, and Huberto. So yeah, I think in the short term, I agree. I think the only spot where I I kind of, my strategy differentiates from what you were describing was that I, I think in the long term, it's just really hard for me to bet on a line two power play two guy outperforming the guy on line one power play one. So I would say like I would hedge and say, yeah, give me Bennett for tonight, Thursday night. Sure. I'm going to reassess after that, though. If you listen to their advice and pick Bennett ahead of Gusev as a streamer this week, you will be pretty happy to learn that this morning he was practicing on Florida's top power play. For our next clip, let's stay in sunny Florida and go to the stream scheme where Dave recommended that you pick up Alex Barry-Boulet this week from the Tampa Bay Lightning, who's uh, getting good deployment. He's uh, He's been crushing it in the AHL so far in, in his career, getting 136 points in 144 games. That's basically a 77-point space over 82 games. So listen what uh, Dave had to say about Alex Barry-Boulet. And lastly, we have our ludicrous streamer of the week. It's Alex Barre-Bolle of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, he's not the pick here just because he's got a fun name to say, Alex Barre-Bolle. But believe it or not, Barre-Bolle is actually all of a sudden finding himself getting freaking primo deploymento over there in Tampa Bay. Yes, folks, you heard me correct. They're pretty much acting like Barre-Bolle is Steven Stamkos right now while he's injured. And I'm pretty sure Stamkos is going to be out the whole week this next week, which makes Alex Barre-Bolle, an absolute must-add for the Fantasy Hockey Playoffs. He is 0% rostered right now, probably because he doesn't have any points so far this season. But folks, I'll repeat it again because it's important. Alex Barre-Bolle is getting primo deploymento on one of the best teams in the league right now, which means he's playing on their top line with Point and Palat and playing on their top power play as well. He may be a ludicrous streamer, but again, I insist that you you pick up Alex Barre Bole this week. Because it's the fantasy playoffs, Ben and Lewis decided on Thursday to basically give us a second stream scheme episode of the week. 
They took a look at teams that had a good schedule over the weekend, playing on Friday and Sunday, and then avoiding the busy Saturday schedule. Let's start with one of their waiver pickup suggestions from the Boston Bruins, a conversation that gave me a good laugh. Yeah. Uh, another guy who's kind of interesting and way down at 5%, so very widely available. Another guy who is due for some scoring uh, is Jake DeBrusque. He's only had one point in the last five games, but he's been shooting three shots a game on average there. Uh, and, you know, he just has the opportunity, I think, to really help you if you are in a Cats league with shots as a category or else, uh, you know, where shots are worth a decent amount of points. He had a seven-shot game and a five-point game in those last five. Uh, so if that's a category that you're chasing uh, and, you know, you might get some scoring along with it. It hasn't been happening, but, you know, seems like it certainly could. Uh, Jake DeBrus might be an interesting guy uh, for your shots leagues. Jake DeBrusque, now that Boston has that second line with Taylor Hall, there's no room for Jake DeBrusque in the top six. And and so that's what, you know, I, I hear you say he's due, but I got to say, I think he's poo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, it's a testament to my, like, current state of mind that I'm laughing at this. I'm not, this is not a pity laugh. That was a legitimate uh, uh, chortle of glee at your ridiculous poop joke. So high five, buddy. You did it. <laughs> Let's end with our discussion of streamer candidates from the Philadelphia Flyers, which is also interesting for next week because they're playing the New Jersey Devils three times. Um, I'm going to go forward in Philadelphia because I want to talk about Kevin Hayes. Now, here's a player who I would call due, still getting top six minutes, top power play billing, or really in Philadelphia, they kind of just roll the two units relatively interchangeably, and they also the players are relatively interchangeable on both units as well. There's no real established thing. Vino just sort of is like, I guess it seems very random to me and I'm, I'm inclined to dislike Vino. So I'm going to say he just randomly throws a dart at some players and puts them out there. Finally put up a couple of assists in the last three games, but otherwise have been pointless for several still shooting, still getting decent minutes. I like Kevin Hayes. Uh, if you're looking for points this weekend. All right. And one more really low one player plug, but I want to talk about him because Elon picked him up and he was kind of feeling bullish on him. Wade Allison uh, is playing with Hayes and Farabee. He's also getting power play one deployment. Uh, he's got one power play goal, 10 shots, 10 hits in three games so far. So an extremely deep cut there for you to potentially take a look at as a guy who uh, is getting a shot with top six minutes and top power play minutes. Would you take him over? Who did you say in Boston again? DeBrusque. DeBrusque. Yeah, I would. I I think I would take Allison over DeBrusque. I would play matchups, and you know what? I can't help but notice that Sunday night game against Jersey coming up. Uh, we saw New York light up the Devils last week, and now we're seeing Pittsburgh do the same 12 goals in the last two games. Um, I can't help but think that Pittsburgh, or sorry, that uh, that New Jersey is a league winner if you have a bunch of Penguins this week, or if you have some Philadelphia Flyers going up against Jersey on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes for a very appealing matchup. Those guys can't stop a beach ball right now, so get after them. That's it for this week's episode of Clipping Carlson. I hope you liked it. And as always, I invite you to listen to all the amazing shows throughout the Keeping Carlson Network to stay on top of your fantasy league. Have a good week, everyone. 